Hi there, and welcome to Bunkerzilla Film Raw, where it's the place where we stomp on all the latest cinematic releases. I'm Ian Bolton, the genre giant, and welcome to a very special roundtable edition of the show, where we'll be covering one of the most talked about films of the current climate. Of course, you you can't really escape it, can you? It's Zack Snyder's Justice League. I've got three panellists here to go through the all the ins and outs and everything in between to do with the 2017 version and the new version itself. So... Let's get straight on with it. I had a dream. Almost like a premonition. I think there's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull, then don't wave the red cape at it. And joining me for this edition of Bungzilla Film, we have, of course, frequent Bungzilla contributor Michael, the redhead rambler herself, Lizzie Barnes, and the man who leads the big stomp. It's Andrew, the raggedy man, Watson Davis. Hello, everyone. Greetings from the Super Fortress. Ah, are we, are we all feeling? Are we all feeling in the mood to serve justice today? Justice. <laughs> I mean... If it's film criticism, then always, but... <laughs> uh, I'm in the mood to bash a uh, significant thing that's happened in the nerddom, but does that count as justice? That There might be some extrajudicial curb stomping happening. <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to we'll have to see. So obviously we're here talking about... Um, we're here about talking about Justice League. And the way we're... We're going to do this a little bit different, because obviously if you've... If you've listened to our big stomps before, you usually have someone sort of sharing their opinions and then it goes out to the discussion. So I'm go- I've got a couple of questions lined up about the whole saga of Justice League. And I will ask you guys to give me your thoughts and then we'd sort of branch off into a discussion from there, if that makes sense. Yeah. All good? All good. So let's cast our minds back. Let's cast our minds back all the way back to pre-Justice League 2017. So... My first general question to you guys, uh, what were your thoughts on Snyder's previous entries in the DCEU at the time? So this is Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman. And what I'm looking and what I'm I'm looking to understand from you guys is what did you think of the movies? Was there anything you liked? Is there anything you didn't like and the reasons why? And judging by that pained groan, I want to go to Michael first. So Man of Steel was bad like i don't think i don't think i can actually say that any of these films are objectively good um they're bad for very specific reasons and for very different reasons okay um there were some interesting things in man of steel that weren't expanded upon um snyder's very good at doing two very different things and then never connecting the two one of which is small, very small superhero moments where characters uh, get to be themselves in the world, and the other one is action sequences. Getting those two things to meet in the middle is apparently his kryptonite because it just doesn't happen. And one of the things in Man of Steel is that you know Superman is here, but he's not here until like he doesn't exist in the world until aliens turn up and he's a fugitive. And then the only way that he gets respect is when an army man tells him he's not a bad guy, right? And then everyone mm. else just falls in line. 
BVS is a horrific car crash of a film, but it takes some swings that I have to respect. It is not a good film. It tries to put some stuff out there, but it doesn't it doesn't stick any landings at all. Um, the extended cut of that film is a lot better than the theatrical version because it spends more time expanding on the points that um, like Superman was set up, um, some of the some of the the intricate plot points, and it's less like the theatrical cut, which is literally just wham bam, let's get to the Batman v Superman fight. Um, and then yeah yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about justice league 2017 in a few moments so that's that's, that's sort of getting, getting a general a general idea of your thoughts there michael uh ranks man um you're up yeah man of steel i can only describe as awful uh the only reason i watched it was i didn't I can't even remember why I watched it. I think it's just this sense of, you know, it was quite zeitgeisty and I wanted to mm. see uh, what Schneider could do with it and what Schneider did with it was just beat the shit out of it. It was... Mm. Was that... It, it was done... It, in, in my personal opinion, as a Superman film, it was done very wrong in that the way it was... was dealt, Superman was dealt with as a character. Um... I got what he was trying to do, and I think what he was trying to do, he did relatively well, but I didn't agree with what he was trying to do. He was... Um, it, there, there, were, there were two key moments for me that I, I just thought totally missed the Superman mark. There was the absolutely stupid death of his father. It wasn't even his father's death. It was his father's suicide on this ridiculous you must never expose yourself run in a situation where superman saving him wouldn't have exposed superman so the guy literally you know par kent killed himself to crush his son's soul which was just that was just terrible and then uh the death of zod which was not superman-y and it was and snyder very definitely made a choice to have superman kill someone to show to be shocking to show ooh this isn't your normal superman which is great but it then means it's it it just played it out badly it was just wrong superman's supposed to be the superman so he's he should have been able to do something other than that. Instead, it was just, oh yeah, you got this power, but you still got to kill people, <laughs> which just annoyed the hell out of me. So I, I, I wasn't that convinced by it. Batman versus Superman, I thought was a huge waste of potential. Um, there were some lovely moments in it. I thought um, the Batman in that was one of the strongest Batman I've ever seen. The idea of the old exhausted. He wasn't really playing... I don't think Ben Affleck played a particularly good Bruce Wayne. I thought he played a really brilliant Batman, especially the bits where it was Bat, where it was essentially Batman pretending to be Bruce Wayne, if you get what I mean. Mm, like the right. scenes where he, he kept this cover going of, I'm this 24-hour party person, and you could see he was just exhausted from keeping up the pretense and all oh, he wanted yeah. to do was going. So I thought on, on that, those ideas were very, very cool. Um 
I don't have as big a trouble about Batman using guns as some people do because Batman has used them previously. Um, and the whole regard for life issue, I think Batman beats the crap out of people. We know that. But there were some moments in it, but a lot of it was just posturing, useless world building that didn't add anything. And it it had Batman and Superman being played really easily by comedy Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor. So, and the build-up of their fight, the whole Martha thing, um, saving the day by having the same name, Mum, is just, oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't think that strand of the DCU was in very good hands at that point. Um, mm. I'd already finished the, 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 the Batman versus Superman. I'd, I'd been willing the movie to end like 15 minutes before it actually ended. And then having the, the final shot, giving away the fact that Superman's absolutely coming back really annoyed me because that removed any kind of mystery or and killed the payoff of, of the last hour I'd slogged my way through. So yeah, I was not um, I, I was not particularly looking forward to Justice League when it first came out, or had particularly high hopes for it. But you know, then Wonder Woman came along, it was bloody amazing, and I was like, all right, this is going to be you know this could work out. I've got a few questions on that, yep. or, or a few observations on that, which I'll, I'll come back to in a little bit. But um, okay. Lizzie, Lizzie, share your thoughts. So, Man of Steel can get in the bin. Is there an elaborate reason for this other than just going into the bin? Um, okay, so I am a massive DC fan. Like, my entire online persona, circa. Uh, actually, my entire online persona, when I'm not a Redhead's Ramblings, is Batgirl 84. That is my whole entire persona. I own more Batman like things than you can possibly imagine. And I am all for people playing around with the characters, trying something new. But you have to leave the core of that character alone. Superman does not kill. That is the one thing about Superman is that he will never take another life, even if doing so would... He will never break that one core tenant of his personality. Anything else, yeah, fine. Have go nuts. Have him be allergic to peanuts because they didn't have peanuts on Krypton or something. That you know, anything weird like that. But you can't change the core character. And Man of Steel made me so angry. Like the the Brandon Roth one. Or... Superman Returns. Yeah, that one. Mm. That made me angry. But that was just. <laughs> Because it was a bad film. Oh, they did him <laughs> dirty. Like it, the the thing is, that was just a bad film in general. But they still he was still sort of Superman, but he was kind of like rice pudding Superman, so he was kind of boring and bland and not really very interesting. Whereas mm. Man of Steel, it's like okay, Henry Cavill, yep, looks like Superman, loving it. The visuals, yep, okay, they got that. And then as Andrew says, it's the moment when Pa Kent's just like, no, don't save me, even though you could, because. I mean, if nobody was paying attention. He Superman can move so fast that he could have saved Park Kent and nobody would have noticed. And it was just like, okay, no, he's going to die for no reason. Also, the whole thing on Krypton with, you know, oh, yeah, we don't actually have... We don't give live births. We're all grown in a test tube, but Superman is, like, a live birth. And that part was just like, 
hello, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that part was for. Yeah, but the only good scene in that entire movie for me is when Superman is being interviewed by Lois Lane, and she's like, "What's the S for?" And he's like, "On my planet, it means hope." Well, here it's an S. It's like that was just the only good scene in that entire movie for me, mm. and it was just like. Oh, so I was not looking forward to Justice League when it came out, and after watching it, it made me physically so angry. <laughs> like you, you, you didn't punch any cinema stalls when you saw you saw a stand for the next one. You didn't go. Rah! No, no, it made me Superman so punched it. No, it made me so angry. It gave me a migraine. <laughs> like and that's how angry it made me <laughs> because I was just like, "What is? What is this? Like." I, I mean, it, it just, Steppenwolf? <laughs> it's just, like, of all, the, of all the characters that you could use to set up a Justice League movie, you go with him? Wait, let, let's, let's put it back, because we're talking about yeah. the pre-Justice League films, not Justice League. Um, yeah, so, sorry. So, um, Batman, Batman vs. Superman. So. Batman vs. Superman, I actually had to stop watching after the first 10 minutes i had yet to finish batman versus superman because again i was like this is going to give me another migraine so i am removing myself from this and i haven't watched it i refuse i've seen clips i've seen all the important like martha and all that rubbish but no i'm i refuse to watch it entirely because it just even the thought of it makes me angry now um i was gonna make uh one observation one comment um superman has in the comics killed before okay but it has always been a major major incident i think mm. there's in the within the comics universe i think it's been less than half a dozen times but it's always been gigantic it's it's had massive build up we're talking like crisis level incidences okay I, uh, so it's it's not end of a story arc thing it's an end of an era thing mm. um which which is one of my biggest problems with it was so oh that's fine i killed a guy never mind um mm. the other thing is yeah the start of batman versus superman where we meet jimmy olsen the ace paramilitary photographer he's, a, he's was, cia he's CIA. yeah it was just oh 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 leave it out man that was the problem so, the, the thing the thing with both of those films is they are written by David Goya, who is a bad writer, right? <laughs> so if you if you look at Batman vs Superman and Man of Steel, and you kind of throw against the wall all the iconic moments of that Batman has had in his um, in his comic runs as a whole, you know, you throw all the stuff that Superman has had in all his comic runs, and then he's gone, he kills a dude. Because they're ideologically opposed. We won't explain that. You're just going to have to believe that unless Superman kills him, Zod will not stop. And that is the end. The entire film is approached as if Superman has been saving people for a while. Mm. Right? So this is, the, this is the problem I had when he died in Batman vs. Superman, where he was meant to be a hero. And for three, two, three years since mm. the whole Metropolis incident... He's kind of safe people. He doesn't like. There's a lot of animosity around him, but he wasn't like. All he wasn't like the Superman portrayed in like All Star Superman, um, like that. Mm. Like he wasn't classic Superman. He has this like, 
all he did was turn up, Once. break a bunch of stuff, kill a dude, scream about it. Um, and then we're meant to believe that he was like the ultimate hero when that is never explored in either film. It's a general, and, it's a general it, criticism I'd have of the Snyderverse is that the whole thing is on fast forward. I think one of the things that they fail at is actually world building through exposition, not exposition. Um, Tone. They, they tell like, rather than show. No, they show rather than tell, I think is the problem, because that's why you get four-hour fan films um, where they have to explain by showing the history. You know, by, They like, presume. Uh, they, do it in, they do it in Batman versus Superman. They do the, like, the dream sequence, future forward, fast forward bit. I forgot was in that because it appears again in Justice League. The, the problem I think that the DC Universe is trying to do is they're trying to catch up to the MCU. Mm-hmm. And the mm. MCU, let's think about it, they built their world slowly. Like you had mm. Iron Man, then you had Thor, and you know, they yeah. built it up and then then they had the big team up movies. And mm. the DCU is like, wait, we want some of that. So we're just gonna cram it all in and not tell you anything. And then like you're just supposed because it's Superman, you know, you know Superman's a hero and like the god among mm. men and all the rest I, of it. We don't need to it, show that. We don't need to build it's that. Really- it's really weird to think that Man of Steel came out like what two, one or two years after Superman Returns, right? Like, mm. Getting that timeline wrong. Mm, I, will, I will double or check. Like Give me two early two thousands. Give me a second. Like Superman, Superman Returns was was it Brian Singer's love letter to like two thousand six? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's six, six. Uh, it's six, about. It's years. a. It's out. It's out by about five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, but like, Brian Singer was trying to carry on the old Christopher Reeve movies. That's what he. Yeah. Was trying which, to do. And Superman. It's, I think Superman Returns does that to a degree because it's an old-fashioned film, which didn't really line up. The problem with that is that you have this Superman that does save the day. He is like, um, charismatic. He is a personable person. Like, he's a superhero that you can understand and relate to. And then Zack Snyder's version, and Goya's version specifically, is, well, we need someone he can punch really hard because that will look cool. Like, like everything that Snyder has done has done with an air of, like, how can we make this look visually spectacular? And he's very good at that, but the story he tells to get to that point have always been dreadful. Bear in mind, we've, we've talked about Man of Steel's representation of Superman and we've got Superman Returns. You've got uh, Brandon Ralph Superman and Superman Returns being kind of like the homage to the Christopher Reeve Superman. Mm. And, and then you obviously got in the Sex Lives. So, and, and Superman Returns was not a major success as well, to be honest. It's basically, people went, oh, no. he looks, it's, like, it's like Brandon Ralph looks the part, but other than that, it's like, mm. The question that I ask is, well, what, what version of Superman our audience is now expecting to see. Are they, are they, it's like, yes, you can go with the Christopher Reeves direction. And they tried that with Superman Returns and audiences didn't really gel with that. And they try this sort of grounded approach because the other thing that Man of Steel also is, is it's co-produced by Nolan, who's just come off Batman. So basically they're trying to rebuild Superman in a Batman style, which obviously does not mesh well with Superman, to be perfectly honest. And um, Nolan also, is part of the story credits on Man of Steel as well. Mm. So if if a grounded take that's supposed to either complement the way we've we've enjoyed like the Dark Knight trilogy up till then is not working, and going back to basics or trying to be honouring the original isn't working, what version of Superman are you? What what version of Superman do audiences want? Um, I think you're making a false distinction there. 
Um, so yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with tr trying to make a a based and gritty and for wish of a better phrase Nolan esque Superman isn't a bad plan. Okay, mm. it was. The, the issue wasn't what they were trying to do with the character, trying to modernize and make something that that leapt forwards to the current quality of filmmaking. Because, um, I mean, Superman Returns came out two years before Iron Man. It was the last of the old style harking back to the original early stuff um, superhero movies before the, the modern era of superhero movies started. X-Men and the so, uh, I'm thinking more the Marvel. The X-Men are a bit of a bridge. I'll, I'm not going to go too far into that. Yeah. Um, okay. I think, especially with the world building, trying mm. to make a Nolan-esque Batman, a, a Superman, great, go for it. But it was the way they did it. The the As we said, the two examples that stick in our heads, the pointless death of the father that, that was there just to brutalize Clark Kent. That's all it was. It wasn't intelligent. It was just up there with doing, you know, having a tap dancing routine during the death of the Waynes just to make it really suck for, for, for Master Bruce. And then the Zod thing, that didn't accomplish anything. So, yeah, they could have they done a gritty thing. They could have done a Superman because it's that eternal quest to nerf Superman. But mm. it's like, okay, fine. I don't have a problem with that, but... Do all that and have Superman still being Superman. You know, th this is the thing. We are talking about a character that is larger than life and that is positive and that does care. So beat the crap out of him, but don't have it, him come out of it being emo. Have him come out of it going, okay, that sucked, but I'm going to... Because that, that, that was what appealed about the character. Okay, Lizzie, you, so, your hands up. Yeah, so I think... For me, the problem with the Brandon Roth Superman was, and also I think for a lot of audience was, they were basing it on the fact that you had to really have seen the Christopher Reeve movies. Yeah. And it came, there was such a gap between the last one and that one that a lot of new audiences going into it thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to tell me about Superman. I'm going to learn about Superman. It's like, wait, I'm halfway through a story and I don't know what the beginning of this story was. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's kind of like a mini sequel to what? Yeah, Superman 2? Yeah, 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 it like, is. Because yeah. he's not the, around, and then he comes back. And, that's the whole point. And even mm. the aesthetic is very much of the eighties, mm. like, that sort of era. So, like, mm. that was the problem, I think, with that one. Like, because actually, okay, it's not a great film, but it's just, oh, yeah. uh, it's just kind of bland, really. But it's still, they understood Superman in it, which I liked. That was the one thing they did get because Superman is that character who endures. Like, he's been going for God knows how many decades now. But he is the eternal heart and soul of the Justice League and the DC comic universe as a thing. Like everyone aspires to be Superman because he's good. He's honest. He's Kansas farm boy in tights, but he's got the powers mm. of a god. Like that's but that's the whole point about him. Is like I find Superman personally as a comic book character terribly dull. Like, I much prefer my dark, angsty boy hanging out on the rooftops beating up muggers for because he can't afford therapy or, you know, no therapist will take him. Whereas mm. Super Superman, even when he turns up and I'm like, oh, great, Superman again, I still like him. 
I wouldn't want to hang out with him, but like as a person, like as a character, it's like, yeah, I still like you because you temper the really angsty emo guys that are in the DCU. But the problem with, I think, Zack Snyder is it's like they went, they looked at Superman and went, right, we're going to take out everything that makes Superman Superman. We're going to make him really emo. We're going to kill Park Kent in the most ridiculous way because they killed Park Kent in the Christopher Reeve movies, but he died in a way that Superman yeah, that couldn't attack. stop. Mm, like, that, was the point. That, that was a great way of showing that some even Superman can't save everyone because what's he going to do about a heart attack? Mm. Like, that was poignant and that that made him a stronger character because, you know, much like Uncle Ben dying in Spider-Man, despite the fact he's done it over and over again, it's that's the defining moment of Peter Parker's herodom. Is like, yeah, actually, great power does come with great responsibility. And that's the whole core of Superman as a character. Snyder doesn't seem to get that. That's the... But- Snyder hasn't read the comics. The 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 eighties Superman was based on uh, the uh, pretty much based on the fifties comic. Okay, so that had skipped thirty years of evolution. The Superman Returns was based on the eighties um, movies. So it again it missed another twenty years of comic evolution. Your question earlier about, you know, how do you do it? You look at the comics, you go to the source material because they have been reinventing and reinventing and reinventing. Every three or four years, you get a new Superman, you get a new blast of life, but and they manage to keep it interesting and they manage to keep it relevant and they manage to keep it selling and they've done a load of really gritty stuff and they've modernized and they've, they've moved him on and they've re- redone the origin and they've done it again and again and again. Mm but they kept him as Superman because they know it's that core that sells. And this is what these two movies didn't get. I'm going to go back to your point of Snyder didn't read the comic books. I mean, before he did Man of Steel, he'd already done 300. He had done Watchmen. No, I mean, literally the Superman comic books. Okay. So no, 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 it just, it, it kind of, it did kind of sound like it's like, but that's right sound to me. Obviously, that's oh, no, 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 no. He, yeah. his style, I'm, I'm not arguing about his other movies. I'm literally talking about, mm. even. He, I'm talking like the production team, the producers behind it. They mm. should have gone through the comic books and see how he's been reinvented. And I'm literally referring to the character Superman. I'm not okay. arguing about his credentials as someone who has read comics. I just think he needs to have read more, more Superman rather than watched it. No, that's, that's fine. Just, I just, I just wanted that. Cla- I just wanted to get that clarification because that's what the, I thought I was. I apologize. That's being. not what but I. No, was that's absolutely fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. Thank you for elaborating. I appreciate that, uh, Shani. Um, just to the point, I, I think it's worth noting that while Man of Steel and Batman v Superman were written by both Nolan and Goya, I don't think Snyder had obviously being the director of a film is a big deal, but when it comes to the story beats. I don't think there's much precedence in Snyder actually taking it. This is my story, right? This is the story that I want to tell. As a director, you tend to work with visual media a lot more than written um, written stuff. So while you can watch Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and have these iconic moments lit exactly from 
the pages of the comic book, which is why you see Batman with the rifle on top of the the chimney in Batman versus Superman, because that is ripped directly from the Dark Knight. Um, the Dark Knight Returns. Returns. Um, yeah. And you know you have these moments where Superman is um, in Batman v Superman. That there's a there's a there's a bit where he saves a bunch of people from a flood, and it's pictured as this weird like iconic Superman is here to save the day as people like reach out to him in the sky and when the camera turns and pans the way that it's lit and shot makes it look like superman doesn't actually give a shit he's just there floating right mm. he's, he's literally like it, it's slow motion uh, you know best way to show off the cape and his splendor and mm. get the nice lighting and effects and all that mm. but when you look at the work the story the characters a lot of that falls on the falls at the feet of Goya and Nolan for both films. And I'm not saying that Snyder didn't have any involvement, but I feel like the main issues with the characterization we have of Superman and Batman lies at Goya's feet as opposed to Snyder's. Mm. That's probably not the case for Justice League, though. If that's mm. the case, is there, so, even a, is there even a Snyderverse then? I think calling it a Snyderverse is a bit of a stretch because calling it Snyderverse yeah. then takes away the um oh what is the name of the lady who directed wonder woman uh patty jenkins no i'm i'm okay i'm but, I, but that's the, but, but the point is people i see a lot of people online calling yeah. the dc no, the snyder the snyder oh right right and i, and I disagree snyder... with that as a as a as a whole because it's oh, not snyder the snyderverse helped. you've no, also snyder helped produce in the same way that like you could argue see the the, the marvel cinematic universe is entirely kevin feige it wasn't mm. yeah until after ultron so there's, while well, other directors have done uh, DC films, um, uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman, um, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, yeah, that's David. That's David Ayer, and I will. Mm. No, but that is part. That is part of the DCU. Just, just yeah, clarify. Yeah, thing... Clarify on terminology. If I'm saying Snyderverse, I'm referring explicitly to uh, Man of Steel. Um, Batman versus Superman and Justice League, as in that continuity that of Superman directed. and Batman. That is what I'm referring but Wonder, to. The Snyderverse is part. Wonder Woman is. It's not because that, it was produced. It was produced by him to fit within he, his story. Yeah, he's I one of the main producers. Not on it. put it, including it in there, because it's gone off on its own little dovetail with 1985. With the no, but 84, 84, 84 is a different. Every, Zack Snyder's not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because of, because of, no, but the original. Anyway, one anyway, it's all part of the DCU, but there's a strand in it, which, yeah. as I said, I class as those three. If you want to put Wonder Woman yeah. in it, you can. But for the co conversation here, it's that it's that that Superman Batman line. So in term, in terms of my sort of state of play with Man of Steel and, and Batman versus Superman, Man of Steel, I didn't particularly mind. I I was okay with it. It's like I can, I can, I understand why people are not particularly thrilled with those sort of story beats, especially with Superman breaking Zod's neck. I can totally get that because it's like, it's not. It's like, even even for me, it's like Superman doesn't really do that, does he? In in that sort of way, in, in that sort of way. Um, so, yeah, I think it was. I didn't mind it, but I wasn't blown away by it, and yeah. Being dark, being a gritty dark film just didn't seem to suit Superman at that time. Yeah. Um, in terms of Batman versus Superman, there's ambition there, but I think it's it is so sorely 
Warner Brothers going, we want an Avengers-style universe in this sort of trying to build up its own sort of cinematic universe and and failing at even the basics. And it's like we've, we've talked about how Marvel managed to build themselves up to Avengers. And the fact is it feels so natural and it feels so earned and, it's, and it feels it feels like it makes sense. Whereas here with... In, we had to get to Justice League via Man of Steel, which wasn't even a Justice League setup film at all. It was just kind of like, oh, the film did okay. Shall we do Justice League now? Yes, let's do Justice League now. Um, Batman vs. Superman introduced you to Cyborg, Aquaman, and Flash, and none of those characters get their own solo film until after Justice League, which makes it even worse. Um, and, yeah. I think everything about Batman about dawn of justice can be explained by the fact that they took the dark knight rising which w was based on 50 years of comic ma making and is written from the viewpoint of you know like both of the titular characters at the mm. end of their their functional lives and they went yeah that'd be a great introduction for for our new universe it's like you're pissing this away my god what is wrong with you Rises was the terrible Nolan. No, Dark, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, the, the the comic. Yeah, Dark you Knight said Returns. you said you said Rises. I apologise. Uh, I should have said Dark, they take Dark Knight Returns, and they go, yeah, we'll use that as the intro story. And it's just like you have not read this thing. The thing I think about the DCU cinematic universe is that they have forgotten what comic books are, which is storytelling. They're not trying to tell us a story. They're trying to show us amazing action pieces with like some characters in funny costumes. Mm. And it's like mm, they they um, haven't learned a damn thing off Marvel. But were you no. expecting anything else when you cast the direct three hundred? Yes. He literally did exactly no but he did literally exactly that for three hundred. But that he did the story of the 300 comic book. Yeah. I have a copy somewhere on the shelf behind me. He he trans translated the 300 comic book to the screen beautifully. There were a couple of scenes he cut out because, you know, there were probably quite awkward to do and could raise some questions from like people who haven't read the comics. But other than that, he did a brilliant job. He did a reasonable job with um, Watchmen. It was not perfect. There were mm. some elements that he did not, I, I personally felt he did not get or that he did not have the confidence he could transfer to the screen. So, yeah, I, the guy can do comics. But there's an interesting point there because he both directed and wrote 300 for film. Right. For film. He mm. didn't do that again until until his Justice League. Okay. I'm. No, I don't, I don't think... I. I don't think he wrote... The, I'll double-check my notes. I don't think he wrote the screenplay for Justice League. I think that's Chris Terrio uh, on, it, on well, his own. No, he's it was story co-written with Chris Terrio. If he, okay, it's okay. called the Snyderverse. It's referred to as the Snyderverse. And no, no, I'm it's not, the I'm Snyder not, I'm not cut. That. So he's... I'm not, I'm not there, There's a whole thing saying... about who's... There's a whole whole thing about whose fault it is, which I, no, no, I will not, get not, onto I'm later. Not to, I'm not trying to shift blame. I'm just saying that the only time that he's gotten to direct and film, uh, direct and write, he knocks it out of the park and does it, yeah. like does it visually and storyline beats almost perfectly. He does, but that does, he doesn't get that. Doesn't get that again. But anyway. the thing, the thing about 300 is he didn't really write it. He literally took 
the script of the comic book mm. turned into when, a I, movie. when I say write it, I mean screenplay. Like, I don't... Yeah. It, literally, we're talking about comic adaptations that have already been done, right? If you if you watch Justice League, you can go back and watch the Justice League um, New 52 film War. It is the exact same storyline, apart from Shazam and... Um, Green Lantern are in it. You go back and then you watch the second animated film to come out of that, and it is the exact same film as the Aquaman film released after Justice League. They are the exact same story beats. I mean, to be fair, that's the thing about the DCU is their animated universe is so much better than their live action. Not always. I, I have a love-hate relationship, and that's probably with it, and it will probably be for another time. Let's let's crack on moving on to, to Justice League itself, because obviously we, we, we've talked quite a bit about the back catalogue here going up to this point. So obviously 2017 rolls around, Justice League comes out. So let's not pay attention to the Snyder Cut just at this moment. Based on what you saw, if you saw it in 2017, if you had to give that film a rating, a star rating, what would it be? I'm going to go with Lizzie first. Can I give a negative? Is it that? Is that a possibility? I, I will. Ex- I will accept one star as the lowest. Because <laughs> if I okay, well, if you would accept a negative, it would be like negative three thousand. But I will give it a one, and that is a begrudging one. Okay, ranked man. I'm giving it one out of five because I went to see it with my in-laws, and it was jolly nice going to the cinema with them. Although by the end, we were pretty much all willing it to be over uh michael out of five or out of ten out of five two yeah i, I yeah, was i was kind of, of a two two um it's like i think at the time when i watched it because i saw it in cinema i saw it opening weekend and I, and I and i watched it and i just kind of went and i just had an indifferent shrug to it because it's like because by this time we've all been i think all all of us have been so used to marvel doing what they do and it feeling just just right i mean yeah sometimes some soy beats in marvel films might be a little bit different and, and differently received but in general marvel films were just kind of they knew what they were doing and then justice league comes along and it's basically it just felt like a very hollow carbon copy and the well, fact that in the run-up and the fact in the run-up to the film the film release obviously we we have to understand that snyder had to step away obviously more details of that unfold a little bit later yeah. on but then we have josh reading coming in and, and you just kind of it, again just slapping josh reading on it after avengers you can't you, you can't help but think that warner brothers are turning around going we really really want to be like marvel here's the man who made avengers it felt very well it's all it's all it's all corporate decisions i mean i mm. would question we are not talking about creator-controlled situations. Even the Snyder cut was, you know, that had production strings on it that had... He didn't have complete freedom, no matter what anyone says. That, that's hokum if you think he had no, no restrictions on me, he didn't have to get any approval for anything. These are The studio needs to take a lot of responsibility for all of these, these decisions. And the fact that they let... That they, that they it, it felt to me like they released Justice League because they, they, they decided they didn't have a choice. It's like, well, we've got this thing here. We have to let it go. It mm. was so... If if it wasn't for the Marvel movies, I would probably give it a two. But because mm. I, I had become so accustomed to the qualities, not the style, not the tone... Mm. I wanted it to be something different to Marvel because what's the point of seeing Marvel version two? 
these are different characters. Yeah. These are different situations. These 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 are different stories. It was the lack of understanding of what they were trying to do and the lack of ability in that movie. Mm. The fact that we, as I said, we were sitting there going, "Please be over." That mm. is what made me makes me give it such a low mark because we know studios can do better because Marvel have been doing that for a uh, they'd been doing it for nine years by the point this movie came out so there's no excuse for getting it that wrong and that is why I, I think a two is very generous because if you compare it to any other super movie before or after by a couple of years it's like no it doesn't even hold a candle in terms of being in terms of bad comic book movies DC and Warner Brothers have done some truly abysmal DC comic book movies. Jonah Hex, Destroyed to High Hell. Uh, Green Lantern, Batman and Robin, Catwoman. Uh. It's like, I'm, it's like part of me kind of, kind of it's like Justice League is not a great film. That version was not a great film. But some of those films, were, to me, were dumpster fires. Most of them were before Marvel showed us how to do it. That is the point. They knew the techniques to make people give a shit. I think one of the reasons as well Marvel films do stick out very well is because the person producing it or the person overall in charge, so Kevin Feige, has extensive knowledge, has extensive knowledge and appreciative understanding of Marvel comics as a whole. So basically he knows what the comics mm. are. Whereas with DC and you look at, obviously, the, the recent, these films, in this sort of generation of films, who 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 at Warner Brothers, even even if it's a DC film executive, it, it doesn't give you the feeling that they've actually read or understood what makes it work with audiences. It's kind of like, oh yeah, that's Batman. Batman just gets growling and throws things. It's like, oh right, and Superman flies, yes, and and Aquaman loves fish. So talking about those dumpster fire movies, Green Lantern and Catwoman, I do not think they were as bad as Justice League 2017. 2017. The editing in Catwoman is I, I could not watch Catwoman. I started watching it and I stopped after 10 minutes because the editing is horrifying. It's horrifying, but that's just me. I actually quite like the Catwoman movie. It's not a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's like mm. the most amazing piece, of, but yeah. it's fun. And that you, and like, and Green Lantern, again, like, it's not brilliant. There are some questionable choices, green and animated for one. Um, <laughs> but, you got the sense that it was made with a sense of, if not love, fun. Yeah. Like they, they would, they would, they knew that they probably didn't have the best movie, especially in the case of Catwoman. But they decided to have fun with it. It's like, hey, what can we, what can we make our Catwoman do? I know she'll rob a jewelry store, and the next day she'll apologize with cupcakes. Like, I mean, how? Like, that's it's. Don't get me wrong. It's not. It's not a good movie, but it's got this sense of joy about it personally for me i thought that they okay they weren't great movies but they you felt that there was a sense of love at least for what they were trying mm. to make even if they didn't understand the source material particularly well they had these movies and they were like yes we want to make this movie and we want to tell this story whereas justice mm. league to me felt like a greedy corporate cash grab mm. it's like wait we want some of that marvel money quick how do we do it? I know, stick all mm. the big names in, including ones we've never heard of, because let's be honest, who'd heard of Cyborg if you didn't read the comics or watch Teen Titans? Um, like, this is true. He's uh, led the Justice League in the comics. 
Yeah, he's only led the Justice League. He's only... Uh, like, he's not a small bit player. Like, he's been no, around for... He only joined the Justice League in 2011. He, Cyborg only became an official member of the Justice League in 2011 comic books. Before that, he was always a Teen Titan. That was the thing. He, like, so I have issues with the whole... Like, we're going to make a Justice uh, League movie. Let's not use the Justice League. But, hey. I think... I think... Am I, I think for maybe that's probably from a, a casual audience understanding that obviously Cyborg is not, obviously, unless you've been watching Teen Titans. I think if you weren't aware of the comic books and you were supposed to be introduced to these characters, you, yeah, just suddenly just popping down a Cyborg I, is a, I, 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 anyway. I get where you're coming from, but in all honesty, when I heard Cyborg was going to be in it, I, I the only time I've been more, more shocked was when he turned up in Doom Patrol, which he's never had anything to do with. Um, but yeah, and one thing I would also say, if people are going to beat up on the movies, Jonah Hex, a that was done in twenty, that was done in twenty ten, so that was way before you know that was just when Marvel was getting it's going. And it might have been bad, but at least it was only ninety minutes long. I think it was actually seventy five. Yeah, it was short. It, it as a short little <laughs> bit of fun. Yeah, I can watch it. It has some great moments in it. It doesn't make me resent being in the cinema, which. Justice League did. But also the character of Jonah Hex is not iconic unless you're a comic book, unless you mm. read his comics. Mm. But Superman, you know, you don't have to have read a Superman comic to know who Superman is. He had a cartoon. Mm. He's had movies. He's been on lunchboxes and things. Batman is the same. Wonder Woman. The, the iconic characters have a weight behind them that is an expectation from everyone who's consumed any piece of media since the 1950s, I think Superman first started appearing, or was it 40s? Can't remember. Whenever Super, but, but that's the thing. They the expectation behind a character like Superman or Batman is huge. Because like talking okay. like, talking of expectations, like the Batman films. Let's be honest. After the back credit card and rubber nipples, nobody had any expectations for Batman. But then, what about Chris the laundry service that delivers? Bang! <laughs> <laughs> I, I will <laughs> once I once again I would like to say that Batman and Robin, if taken as a homage to the kitsch fun yeah. of the Adam West period, is a good film. If taken mm. compared to the rest of the run, it's a very different tone. But as taken as a cheeky homage to the Adam okay. West, it works. But that yeah, but the audience wasn't expecting that. And okay, yeah, yeah. so. But like the expectations after that for the Christopher Nolan movies weren't great. No. Let's be honest. But actually, I think Christopher Nolan did a really good job of portraying an interesting Batman. Yeah. It got a little shaky towards the end. I'll give him. I'll give it that. Because well, he made you know. the same film twice. Well. <laughs> With no Heath Ledger to carry him. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, no Heath Ledger to carry him. But that's the that's yeah, the true. thing. That's the thing about a lot of these comic book characters is it's the villains who make them interesting. Mm. And like 2017, I've mentioned him before, but of all the supervillains out of all the DCU, you pick Steppenwolf. I, He's a joke in the comics. I'm going to have to, going back to Nolan, okay. Nolan took some pretty obscure characters and made them pretty hardcore. Some pretty big villains, you know. So you can take, you could have done something good with Steppenwolf. They didn't. What, by making Razal Gula just a monastery thug? Yeah, like Razal Gula, like 
no, 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 no. The immortal assassin is just eh. Yeah, no, I'm He's saying just a dude. the fact that they the fact that they took the fact that they used Steppenwolf does not mean Steppenwolf was okay. going to fail. Mm. The fact no, that they did that the Steppenwolf was shit in that movie. But yeah. the thing about but the thing about it is like as a villain, Steppenwolf is not the one you think of first for a Justice League movie. Well they couldn't because... use Zod, he'd been killed two movies previously. <laughs> yeah, but they had the villain. He was no, called Dark Side. Hang on, but you're you're missing at this point. Like the okay, so you have the start of the Justice League film, right? So you can objectively say that half of it is Snyder, the rest of it is Wheaton. Yeah, right? if you, even even just mm. as a as a base thing, right? Steppenwolf makes sense as an introductory villain to get you to Dark Side. Remember, Thanos was not Phase One. No, no, yeah, Loki. But- you had Loki and Ultron. Thanos, uh, like you had what was the guy? Ultron the as well. Guy. Yeah, well, yeah, like oh. the, you're meant to ramp up to get yeah. to there, yeah. right? Justice League was originally billed as a two-part film. It was meant to yeah. be two parts. Tra- uh, Zack Snyder had a tragic um, family thing, which mm. is genuinely awful. Yeah. Um, I do generally feel for the guy. Yeah. Um, and then they had half a film. The slate was coming up. They got the last guy in that made, oh, you know, that made the last superhero team-up movie that made big. You know, it was smart on their part to get Whedon, personally. Mm. The problem is that it's fucking Whedon, and he just Whedon's all over the place. Um, and you get badly dubbed ADR quips in the in the original Justice League film. It, how do they? How, how do you show Flash as an ability? Oh, he just saves people. Like he just runs really fast. And how do you show that off? Oh, Superman just carry a building. Yeah, okay, that's fine. The last that bit in the fake Chernobyl is awful. And but the problem the problem with the Snyderverse, I have a different issue with Flash and the Snyderverse. Uh, uh, anyway. But it's very, very clear that the two have very, very different styles of filmmaking mm. and what makes what they want out of it. The, the, the endings are incredibly different because as opposed to the Snyder Cut, which is big, like, come on, let's have you. The Whedon version is like, haha, jokes, I can't feel my toes. Oh, I don't even have toes. Oh, Superman likes being alive now um and then you have the bit where flash falls on wonder woman's tits which is entirely whedon that scene is not in the snyder cut and the scene oh, where is... batman that was painful batman comes back with the flash is not shot from the, from the viewpoint of gal Gadot's ass like that is all whedon and obviously the shit with Re- the ray fisher was yeah. explaining and then all the buffy stuff came to light this was all on the wall when a lot of the Marvel guys wanted to walk after Ultron because of Whedon. It, it definitely. I think. I think the quick way. The quick way of summing it up is it definitely felt like a bodge job of a film. That's why I can't give it. I, it absolutely is. But the thing yeah. with it is that it's a unique. It's a unique thing in the way that it's made because it starts good, crashes into a wall, and then just keeps going down. And then there's a red, and then someone puts a red haze of across the editing, and then oh god, Aquaman flies through the sky yeah. and says, "My man." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they kept that in the Snyder cut, and it was amazing. I know, I the thing, I, but the Snyder, Snyder has like obviously because they had that bit in the Snyder in the trailer for the Snyder cut where Joker turns to Batman and goes, "We live in a society." That's not in the fucking film. He knows how to pull the heartstrings of his fucking audience because they were like, "Oh, he said that in." Joker, so it's the but, same one. 
okay. We can, but I'd just like to say very quickly, we can bag on Justice League for an hour, I know, hour and a half. I know that because me and Redhead did that for a show. <laughs> okay, so now I think <laughs> so I think we, we've obviously we've obviously clearly shared our misgivings with the 2017. <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't watch it. I, I just, I just want, I just want a yes or no answer to this, and we'll start getting into Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm going to call it the proper title, not the Snyder Cut, right now. So, comparing it to 2017, it's not about how you feel of it. Just as a movie compared to what came out, is it a better film, Lizzie? Yes. Michael. Yes. Andrew. No. As a film, no. Okay. The reason I can't say it's a better film is because it's four bloody hours long and a single right. film. It if it okay. was a TV if it was a TV special, yes. Absolutely so much better. If it was split in two, yes, absolutely so much better. As a film, okay. no, it's bloody too it's too bloody long for a film okay so i think it is a better film but again i i think there are some there's still some gaping flaws and gaping issues with the film which we'll, we'll touch on i mean there's so, caveats to my yes but yeah there, there's caveats i mean i mean it's like the reason why i think it comes across as a better film is just i think that the real the real kind of stand up thing is how things feel very cohesive and just, you can just, you can follow it. That doesn't mean it's a good thing. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just, everything has a lot of room to breathe. And we'll, and I will get, I will get to that negative about the length soon. But everything just has room to breathe. Everything has, a pur- everything now seems to have a purpose to be in that film. Whether it is a good purpose or a bad purpose, it just, it actually feels like someone has just, managed to competently make a movie. I think it is a good film, but why don't we go around, um, why don't we go around first? Is there anything from an improvement level? I mean, just not, not in terms of what you think is a great thing, but in the improvement areas, what the areas it has improved? It, Who wants to open up? I'll go. Uh, like, it, it built mm-hmm. the universe. I believed in this version of the DC universe. Like, length and everything aside like i un- like i understood the motivations for all of the characters a hell of a lot more than i did after the 2017 version mm. and it it didn't just feel like a sort of load of vignettes stapled together with some cheesy one liners and sexist comments it was it just sort of it had a flow to it that I really liked. Like, I watched the whole thing in one sitting. I thought I was going to have to like pause it and like come back to it halfway through because I would just mm. was, I'd get bored or my, my attention would wander or something like that. But it just, I didn't want to. I wanted to know what was happening next. And that doesn't happen very often for me in a movie. Like I wanted to see the resolution because every time I kept thinking, oh, he's kind of losing me, he'd get me back again. And it was like, Okay, so there's the there's the low and there's the peak and you know it just had this wonderful cohesiveness to it. <laughs> there is there. I mean, the fact that there are chapter points in this film, mm. there are four chapter points in it. The it, it, the fact that they're there means that he can at least go right. 
I've gotten to this point. I can pause it because obviously it is on a streaming platform, right? You're not watching this in the cinema, mm. which may be, you may feel about this very differently if you did have to sit through this in one big slog in the cinema. Yeah. Um, the fact that they released it uh, in its 4 by 3 IMAX thing on streaming, eh, um, because it's not shot specifically better for IMAX that I can tell. Um, the, the the length of it is an, it is an issue, but considering you you can we we've all sat through the extended Lord of the Rings films at this point, you know those are very very good ways of doing it. The length <laughs> the length of these film the the length of the Snyder Cut allows, as Lizzie said, characters to breathe. There you get miniature story arcs the ebb and flow that re, you know they have a an end and you don't lose any of the cohesion where it all comes together where if you split this film in two the obvious split would be they go to fight steppenwolf who's kidnapped silas like uh cyborg's dad that because it ends on a fight right they have to end this on a fight but the with the film being as long as it can, as long as it is they can add all these humanizing elements without being, well, what does Flash do? He runs around really fast. Oh, uh, you can see that he's not good in a fight because he's, you know, you have that scene where he is saving people um, to the death of his clothes, um, which don't think too hard about that because if he can turn on a dime and rip his shoes apart, why is he still clothed in the fucking first place? Immediately no, after no, that, stop, stop it. Stop it. Your brain will... No, but... No, you're applying real-life physics to someone who can run as fast as the speed of light. Yeah, no, but this is is a slight problem that I think a lot of people have, is that there is... They try to inject realism into some of these these films. You have to roll with it. A man can fly in it. Uh, Yeah, I I know. I know know that. Like, (laughs) yeah. But the thing is that they inject... Just roll with it. They inject realism... (laughs) And choose not to at certain points. I feel there's a tonal shift between those two things. You do realize the flash. I am trying to make a point. Please let me finish. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, it's fucking gone now. Sorry. Um, Sorry. I mean, you're right. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have it again. No, it's not. Okay, no, so sorry. speaking of speaking of realism, so there was one scene in it where the whole way through I was going, no, that's not realistic. That's not realistic. And it's the very beginning when Bruce Wayne is on the horse going across the Icelandic tundra, and it's like, okay, there is no way you are carrying enough feed on that horse <laughs> for that horse for the length of that trip. I and there is no way you are finding on the bare rock that you are traversing over anything for that horse to eat. I, so I, I, if we're talking about realism and like things like that, as a former horse rider, I'm like, no. <laughs> I'd just like to point out on the realism front that the Flash would kill everyone around him because he's moving that fast. The friction would he would be going off like a bomb. Uh, <laughs> Look, he can run through time. Let's but just say the flashes away powers from, are away from anyway, that. Away from that. Away from that. Yeah. Um, the realism argument. So yeah, I think it needs to be emotional yeah. realism. Yeah, I think, I think the I think the most eye-opening kind of change is obviously cyborg in this to me because it's like 
It's like I, I and I and I and I mean this more because it's like it's like we've talked about story arcs and stuff like that. It's just like between Batman versus Superman and Justice League the 2017 version, it's just like oh he's on a laptop. We know we know he's been sort of picked up for this special team purpose, and then it's like oh I'm Cyborg. Here I am. It's just and our, our first introduction is just Cyborg stood alone in in the apartment with which he's sharing with his dad and it's like well how did we get to this point that, how 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 yeah that retconned that scene in batman versus superman that that scene in batman versus superman where wonder woman watches all those trailers that's kind of <laughs> that doesn't work anymore because the Snyder yeah. cut shows the, the very beginning which i had to laugh through admittedly as we uh as the camera followed Superman's scream across the world to the point where he's reverbing in our ears every time it changed scenes. Um, uh, we we know that the mother box activated on Superman's death, and that's how Silas was able to save us to, to create Cyborg. Right, so we know that that's the point when Cyborg was created, or mm. it is inferred that that is when he was created. Yeah, because the mother boxes apparently that's, didn't activate until that's Superman's actually a good point. Death. So that's a good point. You know, but that scene in Batman vs Superman happened before Wonder Woman got on the plane so the, when it comes to like this the, I feel like the cy- the cyborg story intro that we get especially like the solo story that we get is a very good introduction to the character but it's not done well but it exists where it didn't before so while mm. Lizzie pointed out earlier that Cyborg was only a member of the Justice since 2011. This is now 20... Obviously, Justice League was 2017. This is now 2021. There was time for him to be canonized within the Justice League comics. And not having him in the Justice League film would be bad. But having having him have this emotional arc where he, um, you know, he follows... Creepily follows this woman around through CCTV cameras... You know, and finds out she's a single mother, finds out she's evicted or going to be evicted. And then just like, yeah, you're, you know, here's a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, and he's standing on the corner when she receives the money is a little bit on the nose, which I wouldn't expect anything less from Snyder and his writing team. But it does the same thing badly that Captain America Civil War had where Black Panther gets an intro story in someone else's film. And there's, and then mm. you have a solo film to expand it all. I think that was Snyder's original intention, where you have a origin story for Cyborg, but because it's Snyder, it drags on a bit too much, it, it shows a bit too much, and then we have a solo film. I, I, I was going to say, the, 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 the big thing with Cyborg, which everyone has gone on about, is that... It changes him from a widget, fundamentally a story MacGuffin, into an actual person. Um, the biggest changes I felt were that there were two... The two exemplars of the changes was the original... The, the, the first uh, Three Kingdoms fight against Steppenwolf and the armies of Darkseid where they actually explained why we should give a shit about the mother boxes and why they were so lethal. And then probably the most, imp- the, the, the other one, which is the, is the next grand exemplar was 
the complete redo of the scene where they decide to zombify Superman. Because the original sequence, in my mind, of the movie was... It wasn't even a sequence. The narrative structure, to a great extent, of the original Justice League was a montage. It's like, why are we doing this? Well, we're doing this so we can show this. Well, why are we showing this? Well, we're showing this so we can show this. There was no reason to why everything was happening other than literally just what was on the screen. The the justification for it and the logic for it all happening was, look at the sparkly. Um, I would like to make one side comment, if I can. I know everyone, the, the, the one thing I would, I would say, I know this is going to sound very unfashionable. I think the massive problem with, we've established the massive problem with Justice League is that it was essentially a, a, a mishmash of two styles the original Justice League. You had Snyder was doing his thing. He was planning on it being a two-movie two, two deal. He had his Travis, the horrible tra- tragedy, which, you know, absolutely fair play. He abandoned it, but he had to go. They brought in Whedon, and they essentially had Reed and retcon, retcon the whole thing. I think a Whedon cut of the Justice League would be better than the Justice League, just as... The Snyder cut of the Justice League was better than the Justice League. If you had Whedon doing the whole, because he had to pick up a whole bunch of stuff done very differently to how he would do it, and then wreck on that. So I think any, you know, either of them just having their solo vision of it would have produced a better movie than the horrible fudgy compromise we've got. And no, I don't want to see a Whedon Whedon movie because the man's awful, but. It would still have been better if it had just been one person rather than this horrible mishmash jam up. But the 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 Justice League film was a direct reaction that you can slightly tell this from how the story is written in a very different manner to Batman vs Superman mm. because Justice League the original Justice League film even the Whedon cut was written in response to the awful response that Batman vs Superman got. That so your um, Justice League is meant to be an upward climb to kind of Marvel type things because they tried with Batman vs Superman didn't quite hit the mark they still wanted to be a darker um, style of it you can see that with the um, uh, the Wonder Woman bank scene at the start as well right because in the Snyder mm-hmm. Cut that is brutal in the uh, Whedon Cut it, it's kind of tame but I guess that that they I feel like a lot of the problems that the original Justice League had was that they were shaving off absolutely everything that they had and trying to get a cohesive narrative together that they shaved off so much that all the narrative impacts and the story beats just fall flat. They absolutely fall flat. There's no emotional attachment to anything. The story is still fundamentally the same because it's not hard to go. Bad things, bad things awaken, bad guy comes, steals are the bad things, Mm -hmm. steals people. And you know, they have the fight under the bridge um, or under the sewers or whatever it is. Mm. But William Defoe is in it now, so yeah, that's a thing. It's like here um, is William Defoe. <laughs> he's he's fantastic in Aquaman just because it's William Defoe and he rides a CG shark. I I really can't fault him for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good in a very dumb way. Um, but yeah, like Aquaman's and, not. And he he know he knows it's dumb, and he does it absolutely seriously, the, which the, is why it works. 
the thing with Aquaman is very interesting to me in a different point. I'll get back to the Snyder Cut shortly. But the, the, the Aquaman film is a very interesting thing because we had a very dark, grim thing. Aquaman is still... Mm. Aquaman is a comic book film. Mm. It is very much, you know that this is stupid, so we're going to make it look stupid, kind of. But it's going to be like, it's watchable. It was doing is it, is that, stupid is, seriously. It was going, we have a man on a shark and it's William Defoe and he's going to I mean, act the, motherfucker and I, he's going to be godlike. It, it, I think it just seemed to me that when Aquaman came and that it had gone into more a ridiculous comic book nature, it was basically Warner Brothers just kind of going... Well, we know Justice League didn't do well. Let's pretend none of that ever happened. Superheroes are inherently silly. They're not they're not realistic. They're not they they are supposed to be out there. So when you're doing it, mm. you've got two options. You can either embrace the absurdity of it, the fact that you've got a guy with a cape flying around, that you have a kid who can run faster than speed like all this that's, stuff that's, you can either embrace it and work with it or you can try and hide away from it and go oh uh, no i'm going to be all dark and mysterious even though this is obviously dumb and, and that wasn't aquaman that wasn't particularly that wasn't particularly where i was getting it was just basically the tonal shift of dc films mm. has changed oh, that's because they got no idea what they're doing out. this is back to the kevin, Fer- kevin Feige thing the thing dc needs more than anything else is one guy don't care who it is preferably not a director but a producer to just go right this is what we're doing this is the plan i'm gonna hire this director to do this movie i'm gonna hire this director to do that movie and you have someone take over and actually be given the time and the budget to build it up rather than literally throwing shit against the wall seeing what sticks and if you get it wrong going to a different bucket marked shit that's their current strategy, and it's not going to work. Okay, I, I'm I'm going to admit I have not seen Aquaman because after seeing Justice League, I was kind of yeah, it was like I was under the impression that you had seen Aquaman. No, I haven't seen Aquaman because I, I one Aquaman as a character I find so annoying and dull. I mean, he talks to fish. That's literally his power. I can talk to fish. Great. What else do you do? Talk to fish. Swim really fast. I mean, you're boring. Cthulhu's a fish. <laughs> yeah, they haven't done that. Isn't there? Isn't there a, hang on. Isn't there an octopus playing the drums in that yeah. There is. It's great. It's great. But like, I have been told by a lot of people whose opinion I trust that Aquaman is good, and I it is on my list of things to watch. It's just I've not got round to it because I didn't. It, it didn't. I was so burnt out after the 2017 Justice League. I just had no love left for DC at that point. I've seen. I've seen clips of it. I've seen enough pictures of Jason Momoa to last me a long, long time. Because <laughs> let's be honest, there's a reason they didn't put him in the orange fish scales. Oh boy. <laughs> but yeah. But the, but the thing. But the thing is, like, you cannot make a serious, gritty film about Aquaman. It just doesn't work no. very well because it's, that's why they didn't do say, that. Yeah. No, but as I say, it's like it's as you say, it's the faint aura of ridiculousness about the whole thing and William Defoe riding a CGI shark I mean he was the he, he you know he's done worse let's be honest he's done weirder so yeah I really liked the Aquaman bits in the Snyder Cut with the one exception which we'll get on to later is it is it by chance the wonderful singing from the locals no 
No, it's not. Oh, thank God they got they got rid of the whip sequence because that was bloody awful. No, just Whedon being Whedon. Oh, that was so. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, Yeah, no, there's there's a particular character that appears in the Aquaman sequences that I have a distinct problem with. I mean, Amber Heard is a terrible human being, and she's in all of Aquaman, unfortunately. But it's yeah, it's unavoidable in the same yeah. way that you know like obviously yeah, even yeah. being attached to the project is unavoidable i mean you could have, um, they yeah. could have deep faked it it's not un, not unheard of in films i mean they did it in the mandalorian i mean to a degree i'm pretty sure but, they got hamill's ap- approval for that as opposed to uh I, uh yeah i think to be honest if they if if there's any massive contractual changes and obviously yeah contractual obligation doesn't carry on but this is obviously they, at this point that's a problem but at this yeah. point i don't think that dc is see this is this is the other thing the snyder cut is in my opinion the death of the dceu because the, for, at this point we are the, the batman is already in production mm-hmm. it's already in post it's already in post now so that is that is a story um that is completely apart from the eu because when we think the eu we think oh it's an interconnected thing in the same way that the marvel mm-hmm. cinematic yep. universe was dc yeah. tried to replicate that it obviously didn't work out very well but the problem we have now is that they have created the snyder cut of justice league which mm-hmm. sets up a continuation of this story mm-hmm because we got a uh, side thing about the, the Snyder Cut that doesn't work for me is why the fuck would Darkseid forget the one planet he got handed to on? That is the one thing I don't understand in like in this context because they're like, oh yeah, this planet that has the anti-life equation on and that uh, like I got my ass kicked in because Ares th- had a, I mean, lodged an axe in my in my. Um, torso, uh, and then I was kicked and dragged away, kicking and screaming, and I just kind of forgot which planet that was. I, it was just a bit of a, uh, I, I, I guess. I, I just figured, like any man, he refused to ask for directions. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if I got an axe in the chest, I'd remember where I got that axe in the chest and who did that. Uh, personally, um, especially if it had the anti life equation on it, which is uh, his raison d'etre. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think some of the, I think the issues I kind of have with, with Snyder Cut is, is basically, obviously I think the length is, is one of them. And it's like, I, it's like, it doesn't need to be four hours long. I appreciate Snyder has cut Blanche in a way to show, to do as much as he feasibly can. It does feel more like a, this is what I would like to have taken audiences to. This is what I would like to have done. This is what I would like to do. So yes, I can see the point of it being set up in, in trying to set up more films, which are quite frankly, and and I will be comfortable with this, not happening. Um, but yeah, it's like yeah, it's, and I think that's I think that's one of the things when I when I look back at this kind for the film, it's like yes, it's like if I was to rewatch Justice League in the near future, yes, I would probably go to this version because this version makes sense. But to be perfectly honest, it's kind of like I, I'm I'm. I'm not really that fussed about more of this. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's obviously the change in direction, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, 94, Suicide Squad, which the trailer dropped today. Looks very It's going good. in a very really, good. really good tone from James Gunn as well. 
Black Adam is obviously on the horizon. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson with uh, Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate, which is just completely out there. Um, it's kind of like, it's just, it just, it's like, I think the Snyder Cut is just a nice reflection. It's just like, this is what we did in this period of DC movies. It didn't necessarily work, but some people kind of enjoyed it. Let's move on. Because it's like, it's like the, it's like the nightmare sequence at the, at the end. It's like, we, we already know because when they, when they activate the mother box and cyborg sees into the future, we know things are going to hit the fan. We know things are going to get really fucking terrible at some point. So the thing I have, the people, a lot of people I've seen, not just Raggedy Man complaining about, it's four hours long. I mean, it's 200 and, what is it, 240 minutes, something like that. Which is four hours. Technically, for, yeah. technically, for, technically three hours, 52, if you minus yeah, the end credits. But the Return of the King, when it came out in the theatres, was 200 minutes long. Saying that they couldn't have released this as a theatrical cut, yeah, they kind of could have, but they should, wouldn't have because, as already stated, Snyder originally wanted either a you know two parter or a twi- or a trilogy. I think it, there was one interview I read I, where he said he wanted to do three films. For yeah, it. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I think if Snyder was still attached to the film when we when it came to release, there is there would have been no way Warner Brothers would have let him release a four hour version. They would have said, I, okay, you could have had a two and a half hour version and then you do your, then you do your big bumper I feel version. Like and, he's, and he's done that with Watchmen. He's done that with Watchmen and Batman versus Superman. But the, I feel but like the thing is like, done, sorry, sorry, Michael, you want to go ahead? No, I'm, I'm just thinking like, just, I'm just going to be quick about it. The, if, if he had decided to split this into two films, it would have been much longer. True. So like, I, I feel like, it would be about two and a half hours for the first one because it would set up all, set up all the stakes and everything. We'd know exactly who the big players are and what's about to happen. And then the second part is the resolution of that. If he was going to make a, um, a trilogy, he would still do those two movies. But the third, which is the one that is alluded to towards the end of the Snyder, uh, end of the Snyder Cut, is the one we're never going to get now, which is obviously... Um, shit's hit the fan, and Darkseid is on Earth. Lois Lane is dead, and it's flipped Superman's switch, and he's gone. And he's gone rogue. That's the version that we're not going to get, and the only indication that we got that that's where the story was going was the terrible flash-forward sequences, where they just have to get Flash to go back in time to warn Bruce Wayne, and that happens then in Batman versus Superman, um, which is awful for different reasons. And Jared Leto can die in a fire. Yeah, I mean, the the thing about it is they're trying to set up the Injustice movie, which, I, as you said, is never going to happen at this point because they've already, they, they've kind of burned all their goodwill, I think, with the fandom. The, the Snyder Cut, I think, has soothed the burns slightly. Everyone's like, oh, they did it for the fans. No, they did it for the money. This is, this again, still a greedy cash grab, but it's a slightly more cohesive greedy crash, cash grab, so I forgive it a little bit more. The thing, I think the thing that the DC Universe has got to realise is that... They can have their team-up movies, but it has to be something like The Suicide Squad because other than Harley Quinn and the Joker, most people didn't know who any of those people were. And, okay, we've got Suicide Squad 2 where they're ballsy enough to put Polka Dot Man in it. And it's like, mm -hmm, tell me anyone outside of a comic book series who knows who the hell that man is and you'll just have people go, "Uh but... Like they did in the original Suicide Squad, they'll set that each each of them will get their little sort of vignette of this is who they are, this is what they're bad, why they're bad, and this is who they fight. And Harley Quinn's still going to be the best thing in it. <laughs> and they can also kill characters because they can have the danger in it. 
I yeah, but because like I mean, they they can't even kill Lois Lane in a Superman movie without Superman flying around the world to turn back time. Um, the the last half hour of the Snyder Cut honestly annoyed me because it was this whole setup to a thing we're not going to get. It was pure self indulgence. It was pure egotistical. This is what you could have won. Um. It just angered me. Mm. If I was to but, watch it, if I was ever to watch Justice League again, I'd I'd stop it because it it just just bounced on it. It is mm. they they try they are trying to catch up with Marvel, and they're just as I said, they just haven't learned a thing. I mean, the, that last half hour of the Justice League, as you say, is the problem I have with director's cuts of any movie because it's sort of it's just stroking an this ego is pati- to, this, well, look at look at well, my masterpiece look this, at my masterpiece this, this is particularly no, no. objectionable because it's look at my masterpiece that I was going to make but now can't it's a trailer for a movie that does not isn't that is so unlikely to exist and yeah, it's still in it. there yeah, it's still in there because, as you say, Snyder was probably like, well, I'm never going to get to make this movie, so I'm going to make everyone else suffer for it. And I'm like, actually, dude, I didn't want to see that movie anyway. I kind of I, want you to show mm, me more show me more of The Flash or Cyborg or, you know, any of the other characters in this movie. Martian Manhunter, uh, give me more. What it kind of feels like is it's like Snyder just showing as much as he possibly can just to say, this is what I had in mind. The, the, the thing that absolutely... I thought it was very note- noteworthy for one thing. It was the fact that the whole thing was heading towards him redoing Batman versus Superman. That's what the setup was. It was basically, here's my amazing mm. idea. I'll remake another movie, mm. fundamentally. Mm. And I was just like, mm. God's sakes. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, so, if I asked you for a star rating now... I feel I should uh, precede my score with, I do feel I owe Snyder uh, an apology for comments I may have made about the Snyder Cut when it was first announced that this was happening. Uh, you know, I, I I did not want the Snyder Cut. I thought the Snyder Cut was a terrible, terrible idea. And I am a big enough person to admit that I was wrong. Uh, and I would actually give this movie a four, four and a half stars. That last half okay. star is just for that that whole director's cut thing and stroking his own ego bit that you know. Okay, so that's 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 a ma- that's a massive change from 2017. Uh, Andrew, um, I I too will admit that I said some quite negative things about when this first came out. Uh, I was not aware of the Whedon involvement. I thought he'd literally come in to do a couple of bits and bobs. I didn't know the extent to which he had had mm. such an impact on it. Um, going back to my initial comment, if it was uh, to, to an earlier comment, as a film, I would give it three out of five. As a TV special, which essentially it was, um, I would give it a four out of five. Um, okay. It was very, very good. I think it, in a number of places, I thought it was overly long and just showing off rather than fixing the errors. So as I said, there was half an hour that I thought could just have gotten the bin. Um, Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman was made a good character again. The, the, 
awful, awful. Um, I think she was terribly, terribly badly done in um, what we would now know as the as the Whedon version. I thought, but now we also know why mm. it was so terrible. Uh, Cyborg actually mm. was reasonably good, um, and yeah, it's. But I think the whole thing shows how fundamentally screwed the DCU continues to be because the DCU is still continuing along um, in the, mm. it, it, this is supposed, if this is supposed to be the director's cut of this movie, it fails because it's a four hour bloody long movie. If they, the, 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 the people at Warner brothers should have done the split. They were trying to cram too much in. They had no clue what they were doing. And the fact that, as I said, it was leading up to essentially Batman versus Superman again just shows how broken and stuck on a cycle they are. But yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael? Uh, okay. So the original, I'm going to scale it out of 10 because if the original Whedon theoretical cut is a 4 out of 10, this is actually a 6 out of 10 for me. It doesn't do everything perfectly. There are massive amounts of issues with it, aside from the length and uh, the aspect ratio that it was shown in. Um, it does end and give enough backstory to the entire event surrounding the film. I, I, I don't like that it has to give so much exposition to get to that point. But because of the way that it was bumbled in previous films, I don't begrudge it for it being there. The fact that we have it at all is actually a bonus in my mind. So mm. while it's not the perfect story, while it's not executed amazingly, it's all there, I'll bet, for four hours, which is the slight downside for it. I think if I was to give it a raising, I think I I think I I think I stayed quite realistically at about three and a half and that's because I, it is an improved film I think a lot of things have been more expanded a bit and feel a bit more natural so Cyborg, Flash even Steppenwolf as a as a baddie seems a lot seem to have a lot more of a character to him than just invading Alien General 101 or weekly Alien Invasion of the Week um, but it's like it's it's like it's the story beats are still the same it's not the most exciting superhero film out there um, so the story beat hasn't really changed while we have better understanding of the characters. Um, again, I think the length is a little bit too much, but again, I, I kind of, I chalk that down to Snyder just saying, this is what I can, this is what I'm going to show you guys. So I think a lot of people sometimes think it's like the second coming of, of superhero films. It's not, it's, it's generally not, but I think it is, I think the positive is it's good that after, having to step away for personal tragedy, Snyder was able to come back, finish what he started, and and that might probably be it for, for Snyder and, and, w, and, and DC movies at that stage. Um, and I think if anyone's going in expecting to be radically, to have a radical different opinion of the film or have a, have a sort of epiphany or something like that or be miraculously changed or see something gradually different from Snyder, it's the same Snyder-style film. There's still slow motion. They're still sort of like the very dark color palettes. A lot of Snyder stuff is still there. So if you're going in thinking you're about to get a completely different view of the filmmaker's work, this is not the film for you. Um, so I, I kind of think people going in expecting something to be radically amazing 
should really temper their expectations. I mean, it, I mean, as as someone who likes diving into director's cuts sometimes, it's still quite fascinating. And I and I and I think even though yes, I think Leslie was saying that she managed to sit for it in in four hours. It's like I I had it a little break in between. I think part three and part four just have lunch. But the fact is, when I was watching it, I wasn't I wasn't too distracted. It was like yes, I knew it was long, but I was still kind of being tugged along, going all right, okay, this is cool, this is interesting. And in terms of the in terms of the visual format, I mean, yeah, I mean, most people, again, it's like people go, oh, it's indulgent. But then again, it's like Nolan does that. Nolan does as like, I film things in IMAX so people can go to a proper cinema screen and see it. It's like, yes, Christopher, and I don't have an IMAX near me. Um, that sort of stuff. But I do, I, but I will say, but I will say, I think the action sequences look, were very easy to follow, even in the four to three ratio. It's like, it, it felt like there was space out. And it, again, you could see who was punching what and what was going on, which sometimes in normal widescreen uh, Marvel films, you kind of lose track of very easily. Um, but yeah, I, I, I say three and a half. And I, I think adding up all the scores, we get like an average rating there of about three and three quarters. So it's, it's a, so it's a, so it is a considerable markup. So I think it's, I think it is going to be movie Marmite in a way. Uh, Ranky man, you had yeah, your hand I, up first. I, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare this to a director's cut. Um, on the very simple grounds yeah. that this is, you know, director's cut is when they make the movie, they put it together, they present it to the studio, and the studio then takes bits out. Right, the director's cut is the original vision. This is not the. This is not that work. Snyder has got there. There was huge number of notes he he could have. T when it was originally postulated, it was yeah, I've got this movie ready to go. That would have been you know if it, if it then just put that out, that would have been the director's cut. No, this is a seventy million dollar retrofit and redo um there is no way he wasn't aware of a lot of the criticism that went on the um original version there is no way he didn't tweak some of the things that people told him he got wrong this is a a, a version two rather than a director's cut if you know what i mean um and I think that need. I think I think when people are looking at it, they need to consider this because this is something that so few other movers ever get to do. Uh, it, it's mm. it, it's only. I think it's only really compar comparable to the special editions of Star Wars. So, like the thing I have about this movie is, as a DC fan, like I, I love the Marvel universe. Don't get me wrong, but I am I am a DC fan at my core. That's my that's that's where I am. That's my niche knowledge. That's my universe. That's where I like to play. And speaking as a mm. fan and not the rabid one who was screaming release the cider cut because as well documented on Bunkazilla, I was not after that. If this had mm. been the movie that we had gotten after Batman versus Superman, I my little fan hat heart would have been incredibly happy. Even if it had been like a, a two-parter or a trilogy, if this had been the movie that we got chopped up however it was going to be whatever Snyder originally wanted to do I would have been happy and I would have given it would have let me have more faith in the DCU because let's be honest even some of the early Marvel movies did fall a little flat at times 
<clears throat> for the dark world. For the dark world, yep. <laughs> you know, but they, they learned from their mistakes. And if this had been the DCU's learning and them showing, hey, look, we learned from our mistakes, I would have been happy. Hmm. But because they didn't learn from their mistakes, and I don't think they have, even with the Snyder Cut despite its popularity and despite what people think about it, I don't think they've learned enough to do what they need to do. I think they need to go back to what the DCU used to be, which was Superman movies existed in their own thing and Superman was it. Mm. And Batman movies existed in their own thing and that was it. Like, don't try and make a combined universe because you can't do it well. Like just give just, us our, just give us Batman punching the Joker nine million times. That's all I want. So yeah, I, let's bring things to a close. So thank you very much for listening or watching, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, as always, anything you would like to share raised in the show, filmroar at bungazilla.co.uk is the place to email them to. So let's go around and do some plug-in, and we'll start off with Lizzie. Uh, so please come along to my Dragon Age Inquisition stream every Sunday uh, at six o'clock on the twi- on the Bungazilla Twitch. And yeah, come along and we'll watch me have, uh, you know, fandom existential crises and emotional, like, trauma. Because that's that's what Bioware does to me. Victory, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm plugging every Thursday on Discord. We have the amazing Trash or Treasure watch party. It's uh, bring your own copy, 8 o'clock. Uh, the Bunkerzilla Discord, which you can find on bunkerzilla.co.uk. We watch a movie that I have picked. You then get to vote whether it's trash or treasure. And then I think we're about three weeks behind later. Uh, my review with a lot of repetitive jokes gets churned out. Also, uh, the last Saturday of every month at three o'clock, there is the wonderful Life from the Super Fortress. Hardcore Genki, where myself, Pink Apple Jam, and uh, the various denizens of the Super Fortress will go over everything that's happened in the previous month. Uh, every last Wednesday, we have the Big Stomp, where we get three guests in from the World of Geek culture, and they'll go over a new story that from the previous month that has caught their eye. We might also have some developments on what's happening with that once me and Ian sit down and talk and also please keep an eye out for the next series of paul and andrew watch all of which uh will be starting in april that is where myself and my chum paul uh watch the entirety in sequence of a horror franchise uh of which there are many and a lot of them are incredibly long and of uh varying quality so yeah I don't really have anything to plug right now. Well, you well, you turn up on Let's Play a Game. I do. I, I do. I do. I do occasionally once a month do Let's Play a Game for Bunkerzilla, which you can find on the aforementioned Twitch stream. Uh, games vary from whatever time I wake up to whatever I can boot up in time for start the record button. And <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at uh, DJ Shenny, where I have some very bad takes on things and. Just as a side thing, if you like conventions, I like conventions. Go to conventions. They're coming back soon. Do support them if they're coming back. Be safe about it. Tokenatsu is a great thing. If you're looking for mm-hmm. convention news from me specifically, give it a month. There is something <laughs> in the works, but I can't elaborate on it now. Uh, for me, uh, bits and pieces as well. If you like watching weird and wonderful videos from the World Wide Web, 
Join me at today's controller when we go live on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash UK. Every Monday at 8 o'clock, we're currently diving into the world of animated TV shows based on adult-focused movies. So we've already seen Robocop. We're trying to watch a bit of Rambo, and we've already dabbled with James Bond Jr. Uh, also, uh, every week there is Let's Play a Game. Uh, Tuesdays at 8 o'clock up until April. It will move over to Wednesday very, very soon, uh, while the Big Stomp is not running. Uh, as also, there is the uh, Saturday version as well at 12 o'clock so that's in the morning that's in the early afternoon and of course six o'clock for lizzie's stream as well and as always you can follow us on facebook twitter and twitch at bunkerzilla uk and if you would like to support what we do here at bunkerzilla we are also on patreon go to patreon.com slash bunkerzilla uk sign up for as little as three pounds and you will get hopefully we'll be unveiling some exclusive content which you can only get through patreon very very soon and also some extra incentives for shows like the big stomp and all that sort of stuff that's is the line drawn on Zack Snyder's Justice League. Big thank you to my guests for joining me for this delightful, insightful chat. And until next time, stay safe, enjoy your movies, and keep it cinematic. Bye-bye.